When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap Giants podcast. Daryl Slater here with uh, Bob Brookover from NJ.com, the Star Ledger, NJ Advanced Media. Um, Giants are three and one as they get ready to head to London, coming off a win over the Bears, playing the Packers and the Aaron Rodgers guy this week over there in London. And um, obviously the main storyline here for this team, even though they are um, certainly a surprising three and one uh, to start out what was supposed to be a painful rebuilding season and, and quite possibly still could devolve into that. Uh, the main storyline being the, the availability of Daniel Jones sprained his left ankle against the bears. We don't know if it's a high ankle sprain. Um, of course, his backup Tyra Taylor comes in and immediately basically gets concussed. Basically no chance he plays in London. So they're looking at either starting Davis Webb or having Davis Webb be their backup, which would certainly they would prefer in London and um, yeah, among other injuries. And we'll get into all that. Um, Bob, uh, what do you make of the Jones situation here? Um, well, it's the whole injury situation is a mess, but Daniel, the, the list obviously starts with, with Daniel Jones. Um, you know, it just, I went back and watched the, watched the injury, um, the replay yesterday, I watched the injury. And then I watched like everything that happened after that. And I came to the conclusion by the time I was done watching everything that, you know, it, I, I don't think it is a high ankle sprain. I don't, we don't know for sure. Brian Dable would rather tell us where his gold is hidden than tell us that. But, <laughs> but he, I just by looking at his motions and the way he was, he, the way he was moving and the way he was moving immediately after it, obviously, you know, when you sit, it swells and all that stuff. But I just got the impression that this guy will probably be able to play Sunday in London. Yeah, and he is a he's a tough guy. We know that. Um, so the question kind of becomes, if he does play, um, how effective can he be doing the things that he's generally effective at? And the, and that is moving the pocket, at the very least moving the pocket on, on rollouts and being able to escape pressure, but also um, being able to sell play actions. Um, being able to run some option stuff, being able to do design runs and all these things that, you, you know, and, and, and non-design runs that use his athleticism against a Packers team that is pretty good in coverage, uh, pretty good in the pass rush, not great in run defense. And um, the Giants have a banged up wide receiver room. So Dable actually yesterday was saying like, you know, someone asked him, hey, so like bottom line, if he's not 100%, he's not going to be 100%. Like, can you play him? given the things that he does mobility wise, right? You're talking about his ankle that affects his ability to move his legs, obviously. And so Dable said, you know, it all depends on the game plan, blah, blah, blah. But 
Um, I would presume if they do put him out there on Sunday, um, you will not see him run as often as he did against the Bears. And that's just um, that's just and that 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 sets up another problem. You, you have a quarterback back there sitting in the pocket against a good pass rush um, who is not as mobile as he used to be. That could set you up for another injury. But like they don't want to play Davis Webb, obviously. So all that comes into play. Right. I mean, like how effective can he be if he's playing on one and a half ankles? Yeah, that's that's a very different question. And can he play? And what? How effective will he be if he plays? Um, you know, he such it's such a big part of his game, the ability to um, to run the football. I mean, he he really wasn't effective as at all as a passer Sunday, even before uh, the injury. But he was killing the the Bears with with play action runs uh, and play action handoffs to to Saquon between those two things in the first half, they just destroyed the bears. Um, but it's, he's a much different animal with, with, without that, without that tool in his pocket. Um, and going against a team like the Packers, who you got to think is going to, who with Aaron Rodgers, you got to think they're going to score some points. You know, you're going to need at least, at least 25 points. I don't think that's a number the giants have reached this year. Um, and it, it, it's a problem. But what's what's the better solution? The right. answer is there is none. There is none because Tyrod Taylor got himself concussed <laughs> while running and replacing Daniel Jones. I mean, he's a suitable enough backup, but now he's like he. Let's be honest, he's not playing. Um, well, I think you know. I think he's one of the best backups in the league. Really, I did a thing earlier in the year about yeah. backups. I think he's one of the best ones in the league. Uh, the the fascinating thing is, I was having a conversation. We were talking about Tua. Uh, I was talking about two with, uh, with Taylor last week. And in the midst of that, he, we started, you know, he, he was very upset with the way they handled as most of players in the league were, but he was also talking about helmets and he showed me his helmet and he said, you know, helmets are getting better, but I'm still using an, an older one because I'm grandfathered in. It's not as quite as much protection. And I'm like, and here he is uh, 72 hours later having a concussion. It, it was, it was a crazy conversation. Yeah, in retrospect, certainly. And to your point, the Giants and the, their wins this year have scored 21, 19, and 20 points, and then 16 points in the loss to the Cowboys. So uh, even though their offense certainly did more last week against the Bears than they did against the Cowboys and Panthers, um, low bar to clear there, a uh, lot to be desired in terms of can they win a shootout against a team that's fifth in PFFs and the Packers, fifth in PFFs offensive ratings and um and and doing it and I kind of alluded to it um defensively the Packers are 22nd and and they're 30th against the run but 8th in pass rush and 7th in coverage so that'll boil we'll, we'll get to the, the game specific stuff and maybe how much they might run and use Saquon Barkley versus how much uh, you know they're going to ask Daniel Jones to rely on his arm because maybe Daniel Jones can't rely on his legs but let's um Let's cover some more of these injuries. I'll try to be as quick as possible here. I'll just run it down, and then we'll talk about the impacts. Defensively, these are the injuries that have uh, lingering effects coming out of the game. There were guys who got hurt and returned to the game. So Julian Love is a concussion. Uh, The safety, he will not play, I would not guess, in London. Aaron Robinson, the number two cornerback, knee injury, not looking good for him. Uh, Outside linebacker Aziza Ojolari aggravated the calf injury he had, uh, and TBD for London for him. Leonard Williams still dealing with the sprained MCL. I'd say that's probably TBD. So those four guys are starters. Then you have uh, Cordell, Cordell Flott, who perhaps you know could have replaced Aaron Robinson, but he he's got a calf issue, um, so he didn't play against the Bears, just like Leonard Williams. TBD for him, and then a backup defensive lineman, Henry Mundo, has got a leg injury, and I think that's 
sort of TBD there. Um, but so let's before we get to the offense, let's just kind of break down what what all that means. And I think in in a, in a in a sentence, their secondary is a mess. Their secondary is a mess. Although I will say this: that, that Fabian Moreau and especially Dane Belton came in on Sunday and, and did a pretty good job against the against the Bears. Now, bear in mind, it's the Bears and it's not the Packers and it's not Aaron Rodgers. Very different, uh, very different task trying to stop. Justin Fields and the Bears and the, who don't are allergic to the pass and Aaron Rodgers who will pick you apart if you give him a chance. Um, but you know, I, you know, you, you mentioned Cordell Flott that he might have gone into this game if if he had been available for Aaron Robinson and maybe not because that was still unsettled. I think before Flott got hurt, who was who was playing better between him and Moreau and they were both playing uh, they were both playing here and there. Uh, Obviously not not a great situation either way. Um, and Julian Love was the the Giants' leading tackler before he got hurt. Um, you know, Dane Belton to me looks like he's got uh, got a promising future, but is he ready to go against the Packers? I don't know. You know, it. But it's as you said, it's not not a great situation for the secondary. Yeah, look, then Dane Belton's probably going to be the replacement for Julian Love next year. I mean, Julian Love's not really a long-term solution necessarily. Nice guy, good leader, um, all that stuff. But they drafted Dane Belton for a reason, and Julian Love's a pending free agent. So um, I think there's probably a a drop-off there. But at cornerback, maybe not a drop-off because it's not like Aaron Rodgers – Aaron Robinson has has shown himself to be a guy who you can say, wow, he's going to – pick apart Aaron Rodgers. Fabian Moreau's got more experience, certainly not a, not a perfect player, but remember too, they also have, they still have a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney. Their two best defensive backs are still out there and healthy. And Xavier McKinney said after the game, I said, people are gonna look at this and say, hey, how are you going to stop Aaron Rodgers? You're banged up in the secondary. Um, and he said, we, we got to be on our SHIT. So, uh, you know, he's, um, that's a good point. They do. And they do have uh, McKinney and they do have, um, uh, Dory Jackson still healthy, uh, though looks like half their secondary and Love and Robinson will not play. So that's the defensive side of things. Um, so really, whereas their pass defense is is very banged up defensively, uh, their passing offense, <laughs> man, uh, you look at obviously we touched on Jones and Taylor, and um, but this receiver room, my goodness, Sterling Shepard, we know he tore his ACL in the Cowboys game, and then Kadarius Tony with the hammy. And Wandale Robinson with the knee, they did not play against the Bears. They, you know, so we'll see about them. Then Kenny Galladay hurts his knee against the Bears and it looks like he's not going to play this week in London. So the Giants receiver room is completely decimated right now. They have three healthy receivers on their active roster and David Sills, Richie James, and Darius Slayton. And, you know, you, you don't need to be you don't need to be a, a diehard Giants fan to know that, you know, the first two guys are unproven and Darius Slayton, the coaching staff's down on him. And then on their practice squad, they have Marcus Johnson, who was called up last year, and uh, Khalil Pimpleton, and which great name by the way, and Makai Polk. So look, Pimpleton and Polk are undrafted rookies who have never played in an NFL regular season game. So that and no, by the way, they're not bringing in Odell Beckham. He was just at the Giants facility on Monday to visit with Sterling Shepard uh, as, as a friend. You know, it wasn't an official visit, and he can't play until like November anyway. So h- how in the world can they are they going to be able to move the ball through the air in this game? Uh, the answer probably is they're not, but I mean, if, if ever they needed uh, Kadarius Tony to step up and be ready to play, and and I would say the same for Wondell Robinson. I mean, I 
Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't think when he went down in, in the opener, very first catch NFL catch of his career, uh, that he would be out this long, but he has been out this long. Uh, it, it would help significantly if those two guys came back. Um, they just need some, you know, they, they need some kind of threat down the field. They have no vertical threat whatsoever right now. Um, although I will say Darius Slayton got open deep and didn't catch the ball. Um, uh, you know, he, they, if they don't find some kind of deep threat going forward, it's going to be a real problem for this team because it's so hard as well as Saquon Barkley is playing. It's so hard to, to win games and having a good offense if, if you don't have an explosive player. And they don't – I mean, even when they're healthy, they don't really have an explosive receiver. But they like, at least like to find out if Kadarius Toney or Wondell Robinson could be one of those guys. But they haven't even been able to find that out. And if they're ever going to find it out, this is the week they need to find out if they're going to prove to be – you know, have any chance of going to 4-1, and one, which probably don't have a great chance anyway. Yeah, they haven't been four and one or better since 2009 when they started five and zero, and this is their first three and one start since 2011. So they've certainly accomplished a lot. The Giants have, considering you know their, their limitations and a couple other lingering ailments, I guess. These guys should be fine injury wise. Dane Belton had a wrap on his arm after the game, but he should be okay. Um, and then Mark Lewinsky, the right guard, came back into the game after getting hurt. Evan Neal looks like he'll be okay based on what Brian Dable said, the right tackle, of course. So, the, the, you know, their, their offensive line and tight end group will be intact, uh, which will certainly help with run blocking, pass blocking, uh, that whole thing. Um, one but thing, one thing, The one thing I will say about this team, um, you know, Leonard Williams goes down and Dexter Lawrence, you know, maybe played his best game of a giant on, on Sunday has two sacks. He's really good. Really played well. Uh, You know, Wink Martindale kind of challenged the inside linebackers after they got uh, run over by the Cowboys pair of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And they came back and played a really good game with, uh, with Jalen Smith getting time there and, and Tay Crowder playing maybe one of his best games as a giant. Uh, so, you know, they've had guys really step up in a lot of ways, especially especially on defense, but also on offense in cases. And, you know, again, go back to Saquon Barkley is, you know, all world again. So they have had a lot of guys step up in, in adverse situations. So they're going to have to do it again. I would say if, if the Giants defense plays well enough for them to win this game and, you know, presuming their offense doesn't score a lot, uh, without Julian Love, without probably Julian Love, Aaron Robinson, maybe without Aziz Ojolari, maybe without Flott, and maybe without Leonard Williams. If they can shut down Aaron Rodgers in that situation, given their own offensive limitations, uh, I bet you Wink Martindale will be so excited and pumped that uh, he'll be able to fly the plane home from London <laughs> after the game because that's a huge task. And just getting back to Tony, um, I mean, h- how do you how do you even wrap your head around it? I mean, the guy has now played in just two of the four games this year. He has two catches for zero yards. He still doesn't have a touchdown in 12 career games. He had 420 receiving yards last year, missed seven out of 17 games. So he's played in 12 now of 21 possible games, has missed nine games, seven last year, two this year. I mean, just the the word disappointing doesn't even begin to qualify you know, considering the fact that they could have had Rashawn Slater, they could have had Micah Parsons. Instead, they trade back. They wind up with Tony, and of course, you know the other big pick being Evan Neal out of that out of that trade. But like, 
I, I mean, come on. Like, Evan Neal's going to have to be like Orlando Brown to be, you know, to make this come out in the wash in any way in Giants in the Giants' favor. But that's just my tangent um, on. You know, the, the, the one thing that we haven't said, and it's, I guess this is good for the Giants, Aaron Rodgers hasn't necessarily been Aaron Rodgers for, through the first four weeks of the season either. I mean, the Packers, yeah. the Packers have been held to seven points in a loss to the Vikings and 14 in a win over Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, now is is that more about Aaron Rodgers or more about the fact that he he doesn't have the, the, the Devontae Adams? Um, you know, so he, you know the, the weapons he's had in the past aren't exactly the same. Obviously, that that always helps a quarterback. But you know, and and the Giants' defense has has played well for the most part all season. So you know, maybe this is one of the better defenses he is going against. And I misspoke. Orlando Brown's a good player. Orlando Pace was who I was thinking of, Hall of Fame offensive tackle. So anyway, but um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe maybe they won't have to win a shootout. You know, maybe Roger. You know, Roger said after that game, I saw. You know, they won on Sunday, but he said, you know, this is not sustainable. You know, in terms of the way that they're winning games with with a not so great offense. Now, granted, they're still fifth in PFF offensively, but um, they like you said, they've had some hiccups. Um, and we haven't, we kind of touched on them so far, but it, it's interesting because as we're sitting here Tuesday morning recording this, the Giants just put out this stat. The NFL's leaders in yards from scrimmage through four weeks, uh, Saquon Barkley, number one at 570, ahead of the Browns, Nick Chubb at 496. Um, so Saquon Barkley leading the NFL in, in yards from scrimmage, rushing, receiving yards through four weeks. They really leaned on him in that game. I mean, he had a career high, uh, 31 carries, 146 yards, fourth most of his career. He had the number three best rushing game of his career in the opener this year. So he looks great right now. What this means for the future, who knows? But just, um, I mean, the Giants ran, for, ran 44 times for 262 yards against the Bears. I mean, their most rushing yards since 08, their most carries since 17. Um, and so I, I would not be surprised, all of this considered of all of these things we're saying, to see Saquon Barkley get another huge workload in London, right? So I mean, you almost have to expect it at this point. I I wouldn't be surprised if it came out in a wild card, wildcat, and let them throw a couple times. I mean, <laughs> it might be their best bet. But I mean, what they did on Sunday, um, as our colleague Steve Politi wrote about, you know, they were in dire straits there, and Brian Dable started drawing up plays in the sand and found a way to get through that game where where they. You know, they no longer had a passing game, and they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and, you know, took time off the clock, got a field goal out of it. Um, it was it was a great combination, and but only made possible because Saquon Barkley is as good as Saquon Barkley is. And they and they ran – they run – they – I always get this up. They run blocked, ran blocked, whatever you want to call it. They blocked again. They blocked for the run very, very well. Talking to Evan Neal after the game, he said he could not recall. I mean, this is a guy who played. He's, I'm sure he's talking about his college days, right? Because he played at Alabama, so he couldn't recall a game where his offensive line has has blocked for the run as well as they did in that game. And they they just pushed the Bears all over the field. Saquon Barkley had some really large holes. I mean, you don't run for 44 carries, 262, an average of you know six yards a carry which is <laughs> the Giants hadn't put, done that since 07 in terms of running for that many yards per carry on that many carries. Um, so this was a, like a remarkable rushing performance. And so certainly give credit to the offensive line, which couldn't block uh, for beans against the, 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 the uh, Cowboys in the previous week. And um, the Giants wind up that Bears game with 71 net passing yards, which counts sack loss yardage. Uh right. 
and they hadn't done that. That's their fewest since 07. So, uh, it, 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 like, in, you know, you haven't seen a giant game like this in like 15 years. And now I don't know if you will see it again. But, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's an it's an interesting way to win, but it's it's really not sustainable, as you said. Yeah, I, I just hope I don't see ten injuries in a game again. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I bet you Alabama blocked well against Vanderbilt every year. Or Sam, Samford, I think they handled Samford pretty well, right? Yeah, but, no, <laughs> but to this point, they, I mean, the offensive line did do a great job in terms of, of blocking. And they, you know, a lot of those yards came on those play, play actions in the first half uh, between between Saquon and and Daniel Jones. They were they just torch the bears in that game well it'll be interesting to see and then we we haven't really even we'll touch on the before we get into our picks for this game we, we kind of talked about how the strategy might unfold but before we get into our picks and our whys for the picks uh you know this game is in london obviously so uh the giants um will be traveling over there on thursday after their practice i don't think it's quite a red-eye flight for them but they will have a practice outside of London at, at this rural spread resort about an hour outside of London uh, on Friday. And then obviously the game on, on Sunday and you're talking about a five hour time difference, obviously. Um, so, you know, you talk about, it's not, you know, some people try to frame it as in it's not different than going to the West coast. It's actually tremendously different than going to the West coast because when you fly West uh, you know, as everyone knows, you know, you have that, you get those hours back and you have that jolt of energy going East to West uh, and it's a three-hour difference, and it's probably a five-hour flight. You're going to London. It's a seven-hour flight. It's a five-hour difference, and you're going uh, west to east, which is harder. So, uh, yeah, the front end of this trip is where you're going to have the Giants are going to have their little bit of jet lag. You see more of these teams, fewer and fewer of these teams going and spending a lot of time over there. I remember the Jets in 2015 went up the same thing. They went on a Thursday. Uh, after their practice, and they practiced there for the first and only time on Friday. Um, and they won the game against the Dolphins, uh, and that, that was the last time the Jets were good in 15. Uh, I believe the Giants went in 16. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, they, I, the teams have done this enough where they're sort of a system, I, I guess. Yes, the Giants won against the Rams in 2016. Um, and so we'll see, right? I mean, there's certainly going to be challenges logistically. Sure, but the Packers, I mean the, – the Packers face the same challenge. I don't know when the Packers are going over there, and e- even a little bit more because it's probably another uh, another hour, hour and a half uh-huh. into their flight. So, so they they have the same challenges in in, in that regard. Um, you know, so I don't I don't think either team has an advantage there. Um, you know, but it, it it should be an interesting trip. I know I'm looking forward to it. I've never been there. Uh, you were over there with the Jets a few years ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the trip and seeing how they see how the British, uh, warm to the giants. <laughs> it, it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun trip for sure. And, uh, for people who maybe went last time, you remember that game was at Wembley stadium, uh, which is an older stadium from what it's not, it's that quote unquote new Wembley, but it was built in, uh, well, it was it was it opened in 2007, so a nice stadium. But this one will be even nicer. The new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, on the on the northeastern side of London, uh, which replaced their historic venue, White Hart Lane. Um, so now it's a very modern stadium that the Giants will be playing this game at. And um, they've played a bunch of these games in London now. I'd have to go through and count. I think I saw 
this is like their 30, the 31st or 32nd game the NFL has played in London. Jacksonville has um, played 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time. This is crazy, this stat. Uh, but not really if you think about it. This is the first time they've matched the, these t- that the two teams playing have both had winning records. <laughs> but which I, Wow, that's in great. The London game, out of all the London games, they've never had a game where both teams have winning records. Of course, the Giants and Packers, both three and one. Um, but if you do think about it, like these games are generally are, are being played in early to mid to late October. So you're going to see a lot of like two and twos, right? So it's hard. It's it's hard to have a winning record through four games. Um, you got to be either three and one or four and zero. Oh. And so the odds right now, I think there's eight teams in the NFL that are either four and zero oh or three and one. So just the, the simple odds of being in that group of teams through uh, f- four weeks statistically is not going to be great anyway. But all that aside. Um, the the uh, the Giants heading over there and uh, Vikings beat the Saints last week and then on the 30th of October uh, the Broncos will play the Jaguars that game will be at Wembley so um, these first two games this year at Tottenham um, as the NFL has three games over in London this year and yeah it'll be a good time I think it'll be um, an interesting experience and uh, I will say this you know for as much as people have wrung their hands about um, surf playing surfaces and all that stuff. The surfaces that they have over there are, you know, all grass and are pristine. I mean, you're talking about having to to maintain a grass surface for um, – I know there's been some criticism about some of them in the past, but this, I'm presuming this place will have a really nice grass surface considering, you know, you, they have to maintain it for the Premier League. And uh, they played with fair, fair regularity on that surface. So It's the um, same stadium the Vikings played in on Sunday, and it looked incredible. Yeah, no, the stadium looks great, and uh, the the surface should be these guys wanted nice grass to play on, and it's going to be that. Uh, and it'll be good playing weather, you know. This time of year over there, it's pretty mild. Um, I will say, if you're going over, bring an extra jacket. <laughs> Maybe bring a winter cap. Just I got one ready to go here just in case. So uh, it is not uh, a super sunny place to visit, but good time over there as always. And so in terms of the game, uh, how do you see it unfolding, and what's your score pick? Well, it's a, it's really hard to pick the Giants given their injury situa- situation right now. Uh, you know, especially at the quarterback position. Um, you know, I think I think that you know Aaron Rodgers might and the Packers offense might not be what it was two or three years ago, but I still think it's it's good enough to to beat up a to to beat a battered Giants team, and I'll pick the Packers twenty seven to 17. Yeah, good pick. Packers favored by eight in this game. And I presume that pick is, is that pick if Jones plays? That's even if if Daniel Jones plays, because I just think he's, you know, as we discussed, I think he's going to be limited in his skill set, which that, that the run is just such a, the run and scramble is just such a big part of his game. I think he's at his best when he can run and, and also when he can throw on the run. I think that's when he's at his best. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, obviously if, if Davis Webb plays, that score is going to be larger on one end, probably for the Packers because they'll have the ball more and lower on the Giants end, certainly. So um, yeah, I, I see it similar. I'm going to say uh, I'll say 31 to 14. I'll just stretch it a little bit both ways on, on that 31, 14 Packers, even if Daniel Jones plays. Um, and again, it, 
it, it's going to be even more, it's going to be even more grim if Davis Webb has to play. So, um, but 31, 14 will be my pick with Daniel Jones playing and trying to gut through this game on a, on a bad leg and tough guy. Um, but the giants will drop to three and two, and there's certainly no shame in that as they'll be returning home then for a, a very challenging, uh, home game against the Ravens followed by back-to-back trips to Jacksonville and Seattle leading into the Giants week one bye. So they've given themselves some wiggle room. We'll say that. I mean, like three and one is, it feels different than two and two by a lot more than one game because that would have been their second straight loss. They would have lost to a bad Bears team uh, while having injuries um, that could linger. But now they come out of this hurt, ailing, but with some wiggle room, right? Not bad. No, it's, it's, you know, if you, as a player said after the game on Sunday, if you told them they would be three and one, they would have been, been more than happy with that. But as Xavier McKinney also pointed out after that game, the hard part of it's not going to get any easier. The hard part of the schedule is coming right now. And I, I think I asked McKinney after the game, I said, how many people do you think outside the locker room thought you guys would be, uh, or maybe a Dory Jackson, this was who said this, uh, and it was a Dory Jackson. Yes. Uh, how, how many guys do you think I asked him outside your locker room thought you'd be three and one? He said, probably just our family. So uh, now four and one with a win over the Packers in this uh, quarterback situation. I don't even know if their families would think <laughs> that would be possible, but we'll see if we're back here uh, next Tuesday, uh, jet lagged and tired talking about um, four and one or three and two. But until then, everybody, Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, review us on all your uh, favorite uh, podcasting platforms, and we will talk to you next week and enjoy the game and enjoy the trip if you are uh, making the trip over there to London.